Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. I am your host, Jason Cooper, and today for the Tuesday show of Edgerush, we are joined by Alex Moretto, at Alex J. Moretto on Twitter. You can find all his work on the Hammer Betting Network at thehammer.bet. We're also joined by Todd Cordell on Twitter, at Todd Cordell, and Matt Russell on Twitter, at, at Matt Russell Authentic. Um, both their work you can find on the score and uh, in the score app. Guys, how's it going today? Outstanding. If you can't get fired up about a minute of electro, I don't know, what was that? Cotton Eye Joe, man. Cotton Eye Joe. (laughs) A good minute of that on a Tuesday morning. I'm fired up. Let's let's talk some hockey, gentlemen. Let's get it going. Todd, how how were your bets last night? Everything went well? Uh, I went four and three with shot pops. Uh, All three losses came one shot short, so I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a big night, but I'll take it. All right. And Alex, I know you're doing well. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm repping the Habs logo today. You know, it feels good. Kirby Doc, first goal as a Canadian. Um, and the Coyotes, you know what? I have, so I got a Coyotes hat in like a case of Molson Canadian like 10 years ago. I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to wear this thing ever. I've had it. I've seen it around the house a million times. I was like, oh, I'm wearing this for the show today. I can't find it. It's nowhere. It's gone. <laughs> well, I'm happy about that. But that's a perfect segue. Let's get right into it. Last night's games. Uh, I think the one that everyone wants to talk about is the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Arizona State Coyotes. Um, what an absolute brutal game, guys. The Leafs lose 3-2 to two after some terrible, terrible, just a terrible game in general. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Let me hear your thoughts. Well, I feel like we all are this, there's this like closeted group of people who are now coming out and we're like, we all bet the Coyotes because obviously at f- at plus four hundred or, or or larger, you just sort of had to do it. But nobody mm-hmm. was like dying to tell people beforehand that we were all betting on the Coyotes. But it's like it's out there, mathematics, right? Like we we all know that there was value on the Coyotes. We you know we're more than familiar with the Maple Leafs' work over the last I don't know forever. Um, <laughs> and now like the day, the next day, we're all like, oh my god, we made it! Like we got out of there alive! Like it's like we've we all had to separate in the literal desert and then like had a meeting point at the end. And like, now we're just having some water that we haven't drank in like three days. And we're like, 
oh man, I can't believe we got out of there alive. There's a hand pass at one point. Like I thought, I, think I saw like, oh, I saw like a crocodile, and then it's like, no, that wasn't really even a thing. It's that was uh, that was an electric uh, evening. I yeah, love definitely. the. Uh... I love the um, some of the headlines this morning about like you know rule book comes back and bites the Leafs and like you know just like a weird call and like you know squashes their incredible comeback attempt. It's like comeback attempt. You were down two nothing, down three two to like the Coyotes at minus five twenty five. Like let's settle down about the adversity this team is battling through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like. I w- I'm, I'm a big Leafs fan for those who don't know. So watching that game was pure torture as it always seems to be. They were, I believe, minus 476 favorites. So that's a tough, tough pill to swallow as a Leafs fan. Um, I saw a stat on Twitter. I don't know if this is a joke or not. And I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but the Leafs are the worst team minus 200 at minus 200 or better. So, um, but yeah, any more thoughts on that game? I mean, I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that they're almost always minus 200. Like the respect this team consistently gets in the market is insane. Like you're paying that lease tax, right? All the time. And last night you're getting plus two and a half at like minus 105 with the Coyotes. That's insane. That's like an NBA spread. Like what are we doing here? This is hockey. (laughs) Yeah. And Alex, you know, you bring that up. That's I think that's a really good point to sort of, you know, be actionable going forward is it's a really, really uncomfortable bet to make on the Coyotes at like plus 420. You know, but in our minds, you know, you sort of have to do it and kind of pay the consequences later. But if you don't want to make that bet, then, yeah, deep dive into that uh, derivative alternative market, right? Because, yeah, okay, plus one and a half, you leave yourself open to an empty net goal situation, which is would be absolutely painful. But then you get into plus two and a half. And, like, when do you ever bet a plus two and a half? But, you know, just looking, just seeing that plus 420, if that can actually send you into that derivative market and going, oh, man, plus two and a half is basically even money or close to it that you know that's valuable obviously in and of itself right because yeah yeah, you don't want to actually rely on the coyotes to win a game but like you can rely on the coyotes to not lose by three goals and be a lot more comfortable with it so value doesn't necessarily always translate to certainly doesn't translate to winning especially when you're backing a, a four to one underdog but you can find other things that are just as valuable within that game and and in a lot of cases, that plus 400 is a clue to go find something that maybe fits your, your style a little bit better. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Matt. And uh, I was able to get, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Arizona Coyotes at, at plus two and a half too. So it's it's a great, great little uh, little nugget you, you dropped there. And uh, I think we should uh, move on to the next game, though. Uh, staying in the Eastern Conference, there was a bit of a battle between the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins ended up winning the game, but closed the closed as plus 120 underdogs. What do you guys think about that game? Uh, I was on the Bruins, I think, and I think Alex has some strong opinions about the Bruins here. So (laughs) I'll sort of set it up in a way where, you know, right now, this point in the season, I write a weekly betting guide and it basically projects all the money lines for the entire season. Or not the entire season, but the, uh, the entire league for that week. And with the Bruins, you know, they pop up as, you know, plus 125. And it's like, oh, there's good value on the Bruins. Same thing in game one for the Bruins. This is a team that you know, a lot of people, I think, are pretty high on. And Alex can sort of speak to that, whether he is or he isn't. But it just goes to show you can you can attack a team that you like before the season starts in a couple of different ways, right? You can just you know, bet them to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know if the, the Bruins are going to necessarily be a good bet to win the Stanley Cup. Maybe there's value there. Maybe there was value there. You know, I don't know. You obviously can do right the regular season point totals, the division, all of that sort of thing. Or, and hear me out on this, you can just bet the Bruins a lot at the start of the season. 
right? And so if you're getting these point total markets at, you know, minus 110, minus 115, that sort of thing, obviously the uh, Stanley Cup's a completely different situation from a, from a betting and odds standpoint. But like, if we're just going to be getting these plus money prices on the Bruins, like they were in game one of the season against Washington, like they were again last night, like, how about we just take the money now? And then just kind of move on with our lives instead of just like waiting and hoping that their point total goes over. So like, that's just the way that I've been playing the Bruins. It's one of these rare situations for me at the start of the year. Listen, normally my stuff, like it just cranks out the the value proposition on these big time underdogs, like the Coyotes, like the Habs last night. We are like, okay, everybody knows these teams are bad and the market knows that but they're daring you to bet them at this point, right? They're giving you an extra five, yeah. you know, 6% on those teams. And it's up to you to sort of, for lack of a better term, sort of sack up and bet them. It's pretty rare at this point in the season that you get a team in that sort of 50-50 on a game-to-game range where these sort of pick them games, you're getting plus 120, plus 125 on the Bruins. So that's just how I've been playing it, where it's like, okay, that might run out after a little while here once the the market sort of catches up on the Bruins being not as bad as like people think. And that's just how I'm rolling with the Bruins right now. Yeah. yeah and I, I just, I just wanted to say that I've been super impressed with them, especially defensively to start this year. Like Florida obviously is a high powered offensive team. They kind of sacrifice defense to get Kachuk and try and go all out offense. And even though the Bruins were missing McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, um, arguably their three best defensive defenders or three of top four, um, Florida only generated six high danger chances last night at five or five. So they're giving up next to nothing, even without all these guys missing. Yeah. yeah no, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, the Bruins were my Stanley cup pick before the season. Um, if you, you know, saw our season predictions on the hammer bet, I had the Bruins to win the cup. I thought that this team would be pretty undervalued, especially in the first two months with, you know, obviously with Marshawn and McAvoy out, like it makes sense that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be, you know, a bit fair on the money line, but like, I think they're going to be a bit more undervalued. There's still a lot of talent on this team. This is still a deep roster, even without those guys. And you just figure like if they can get through the first two months without these guys and be in a still relatively good spot, then like, I mean, there's, there's no telling how like high they can finish in the standings right now. And I think that, you know, we're seeing that already early on, they're playing a good team game. I think Montgomery is an excellent coach. And I think that, you know, if you're looking for another way to back the Bruins, I thought maybe like I have them in some cup futures and stuff and some point totals. But I think that if you're looking for another way to back them right now, Jim Montgomery to win the Jack Adams, it's like anywhere from like 16 to one to 20 to one. And with McAvoy and Marshawn out, if they're able to navigate these first two months, and if you look at their schedule, like it's pretty easy. It, it maps out pretty well for them in these first two months without those guys. If they're able to get through this stretch and like be in, striking distance of like the top spot in the Atlantic and they end up finishing, you know, top two, 110 points, something like that. Like, I think he's going to be right there in the conversation at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And and Boston definitely, even with those injuries, still has some solid pieces that, to work with up, up front. Like you, you got Patrice Bergeron and you got uh, David Krejci and that just helps out your entire lineup. That moves Eric Halla or Charlie Coyle down and it, it allows them to play in a third line role instead of having to play that second line role. So that really helps them out a lot. Um, on to the next game we were going to talk about from last night. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks play the Washington Capitals. Vancouver has been um, struggling to start this season, uh, even after uh, their big additions in free agency like Ilya Mikheyev and, and Kuzmenko. Um, Thatcher Demko letting in six goals, or sorry, five goals. Um, guys, what do you think about what, what happened with the Vancouver Canucks last night? What happened there? It's defense, goaltending right now. It's a problem. Like, okay, if you're a Canucks fan, you're obviously not worried about Demko. Like, Demko's going to be fine. Demko's an incredible goalie. Uh, he hasn't started off that way, but 
obviously small sample size, he'll be okay. But like the defense in front of him is a real problem and that's not going to get much better. Like they're getting reinforcements back. Dermot and Myers haven't played yet. They're going to come back, but these aren't, you know, high level guys. Like they're, you could argue they're both bottom pair defenders. Um, you're talking about a guy like Quinn Hughes, who's like leading their blue line and, you know, he's a good player, but he's not, you know, renowned for his defensive abilities. It's all the offense he provides. So I think that you're, yeah, you're definitely concerned uh, if you're a Canucks fan, not so much about the goaltending, but like, I don't see how this defense gets much better. You're blowing like two goal leads in every game. They blew a three goal lead against the Oilers and that's all down to defense. I, and the, the one saving grace, I think if, if you, if you know, if you're a Canucks fan or if you have some positions on them is that Boudreaux is an excellent coach. And I think Boudreaux will finish this out, finish up, will uh, fix this up a little bit and he'll get them playing like a good team game and everyone buying into the system. But like right now it's a problem and there's going to be some growing pains early in the year. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Todd. Sorry, okay. Go. I was also going to say JT Miller's been a huge problem. He got that massive extension. It hasn't even kicked in yet. Uh, through three games, he has a 22 expected goals for percentage, and the Canucks have generated one high danger chance at five or five with him on the ice. So they've got yeah. one good chance in three games with him on the ice. He's been on for 10 goals across all situations. He's turning the puck over a lot. He's openly saying like he sucks right now and he's frustrated. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if they're banking on him to be a 90 plus point guy and he's saying he's playing terrible hockey, that just shows you the spot they're in right now. But isn't this all the example, like as Alex mentioned, like small sample size, right? Like if the biggest issue for the Canucks is JT Miller and Thatcher Demko, like they're, and theoretically the coaching, like they're going to be okay. Like it might just be, listen, every single to every single game this season, they've gotten a lead in some cases, a big lead and then completely blown it. But honestly, like that might just kind of be small sample size fluke type stuff, right? Like this isn't, you know, something that's going to happen every single game. As far as like the high danger chances, even strength per 60 minutes, like it's not bad, right? It just so happens that these pucks just happen to be going in the net. And sometimes over the course of just three games, like that might just be it, right? And so I look at this team and like they're probably... You know, they, they certainly deserve to be better than 0-3 at this point from some of their expected, you know, goal share at, at even strength. They're just not, because you know, and again, like, is it Thatcher Demko's all of a sudden awful? Is JT Miller all of a sudden awful? Like, I don't really think that's the case. So uh, as, as somebody who was uh, born and bred a Canucks fan, like, I don't think there's anything to necessarily be worried about from that standpoint. It's honestly just kind of, you kind of laugh at it at this point, right? You're like, oh, 4-2 against the, against the Capitals. Oh. All of a sudden, it's 5-4. Same thing against... Listen, against the Oilers, like... Sorry, you just got McDavided at that, at that <laughs> at a certain point. You just go, yeah, you know what? Connor McDavid, like, really, really good. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess after three games, if you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to Thatcher Demko and JT Miller and some of these high-profile players, like, I just... I think that's probably sort of... I, I'm not... Let me put it this way. I'm not going to change my... Uh, prior opinion of this team not that i thought they were going to be that great but i'm not going to dump them from like slightly above average to all of a sudden like below average or you know one of the worst teams in the league right like honestly i think at this point in the season it literally comes to as alex said like small sample size they're going to be fine especially with that guy at the helm right like there's you know as you mentioned boudreau like he knows what he's doing they're going to be fine yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, small sample size. Let's not overreact to things. We're still only three or four games into the season. It's only been a couple days. But moving on from yesterday, we're going to get into today's games. Um, and again, remember, no reacting to small sample sizes. So um, starting off with the 
back-to-back. Boston Bruins are playing coming off a of back-to-back against the Ottawa Senators. They're playing the Ottawa Senators at home. The Senators haven't been looking too, too good. Um, they got that Claude Drew. They got Alex DeBrincat. They got tons of strong forwards injected into their lineup, but they just seem like the old Senators. You guys have any uh, angles on this game that you want to discuss? Yeah, I think, I think you know, like, the market was just too high on the Senators. And just the, not even just the market, but, like, you know, the market was a little bit fair, but like, I think everyone, you know, a lot of fans coming into the season are so high on this team because of the moves they made in the off season. And yeah, they brought in like some good talent. They brought in some good players, but you're still looking at a team that bottom six is a real problem. The defense is a disaster. Like the defense does not have much to hang your hat on. And that's going to be an issue throughout the whole year. And now you're, you know, Cam Talbot's out right now. So the goaltending is a bit of an issue. Like, I just think that people were a little bit too high on this team. They're still going to be growing pains. They still have a lot of young players. Like, I'm not sold on Josh Norris. Um, Batherson's obviously great. Stutzla's, you know, very talented, and he'll be fine. But, like, with such a young, inexperienced team, there's going to be growing pains. And, like, to bring it, you know, adjusting to new line mates, you know, new, uh, new, you know, change of scenery here. Like, there's going to be growing pains with him, too. It's not going to be all smooth right out, right off the bat, especially with uh, with that defensive core. And I just don't think this is a playoff team. Um, so I think that we have to sort of reframe the way we look at them. And it's like, you know, are they underperforming or like did they play, you know, a close game against the Leafs? And maybe this is just kind of what the Senators are. They're going to be, you know, those pesky sends, but they're still not ready to take that next step. Yeah, I think tonight's inter- it has an in- this interesting matchup, right? Because you look at before the season started, literally a week ago, and you've got the Senators, uh, you know, what was their point total? 86 and a half was their point total for the season. And Boston's was 95 and a half. Mm-hmm. And so it was like we made some assumptions about Boston to kind of knock them down a little bit. And we made some assumptions about the Senators from a season-long standpoint, kind of knocking them up from where they have been over the past few years, right? And so for me, like, I keep about a 20% um, you know, element from last season just to kind of have a trail on my numbers, you know, to sort of balance off the priors because it's like, okay, we think the Senators, and I sort of say this as the market a week ago, we think the Senators could be around a playoff team, sort of a, you know, contending for a playoff team. And like, that is the big picture projection for the Senators. But when you have new players and probably in a lot of cases, sort of new roles and new and, and new systems. And certainly, obviously, you mentioned not having your starting goaltender. Like in the immediacy, this isn't an eighty-six and a half point team. Now, over the course, and once they sort of get more, you know, comfortable and all of that sort of thing, like maybe that ends up bearing out, and they end up flirting or surpassing, you know, that eighty-six and a half point total. But right now, it isn't. Whereas Boston, you have that carryover. And you mentioned, obviously, some players that have been missing. But, like, there's a system element to Boston that carries over from year to year to year, which is why, like, they don't give up high danger chances, right? They don't give up these expected goals at even strength. Whereas, like, Ottawa's given up 13 uh, high danger chances per 60 minutes at even strength, right? 13 and a half. That's three and a half more than the Canucks, who we just lambasted for not being able to keep the puck out of their net. Right. So like there's got to be there's going to be sort of an evening and out again from a small sample size standpoint. But like you make very good points, Alex, about like why the small sample size for Ottawa right now is appropriate. And like, yeah, the market may have sort of overreacted to it, but like they're going to do that when you add good players. But these aren't robots. Right. These aren't just guys. Okay, you plot them in. You know, this guy's going to provide this. This guy's going to provide this in the immediacy. Right. Like. Claude Giroux is going to get a little bit better. All of the younger players, right, are going to sort of assimilate a little bit better over the course of the season. So again, another team that I'm not going to overreact on, but I need to react right now to this game tonight. And if we, you know, if we think Boston's better than, 
you know, the market sort of thought before the season. And we think the senators for various, you know, obviously pretty good reasons are a little bit worse then that starts to create a bet here. Now, my numbers actually think this line is, you know, these money lines are pretty fair with Boston being around even money, minus 105. So I don't necessarily have a bet for it tonight. I don't know if you guys do. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Um, well, I'm, I'm just going to pull up the Betstamp uh, screen here. You can find this uh, on your browser at the Betstamp.app, or you can find it on the App Store or Google Play Store, whichever mobile phone you use. Just search Betstamp in the store and you'll find it. Um, on on Betstamp, it looks like we can gra- grab the Boston Bruins at uh, plus 105 underdogs. So um, maybe that could be something. Because the, the biggest thing about Boston and back-to-backs is they, they actually have a good backup goalie. Their backup goalie might actually be a starter on another team. Uh, so... Yeah, Jeremy, I think they actually, I think they went with their backup last night, really, in Allmark. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Jeremy Swayman's a, a, a stud goalie. So maybe that, maybe, maybe we might be looking to play, play that tonight. Um, I haven't, I haven't played anything in this game yet, but if I do, it, my lean is towards the under of six and a half. Um, I don't think Boston's going to be playing um, two run and gun. They're not that style of team, especially in a back to back. They're very sound defensively. Uh, as you guys mentioned, Jeremy Swayman is awesome. Um, and I just, I just think this is going to be a tight game. The last four times these teams have met, it's been five goals or fewer. They generally play each other pretty tough. And Ottawa coming off two losses and at home, I think they're going to, you know, put the best foot forward to try and get a result here. So I think this could be a tight, lower scoring game. Yeah, and to that point, I mean the the Senators, like we just mentioned it, it's going to take a bit of time for those new pieces up front to gel, right? So you know, the offense isn't going to be lights out right off the bat. I think we're gonna we're gonna see that adjustment period and i think that right now like you know playing a good defensive team i don't expect them to go in there and score three four you know goals consistently every night so i i do i do agree with that i think the unders a pretty good look here even under six a plus money yeah those are so both sound like great bets um but i don't know if, if we're done with this game i think we should move on to the next one um knights and flames i don't know if anyone was watching the the the, the oh excuse me uh the knights and flames game um, so on bed stamp, it looks like they got, uh, the Vegas golden Knights as plus plus one thirty five underdogs. Calgary flames favored minus minus one forty six. um, could probably find Vegas at good, at a good spread plus one and a half minus one eighty two. What do you guys think about this game? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Vegas as well. I have some division futures there, some point total stuff. It's like we came into the season and everyone just sort of was dismissing them for some reason. Um, still a team that finished i don't remember the exact number but around like 94 points or something like that last year with everyone getting hurt you know everything that could go wrong did this is still like this is an this is an incredible hockey team you're looking at like a you know they're four deep down the middle they got nicholas wall playing on the fourth line um their defense is really strong i i like logan thompson and net you know i have some calder stuff on him i think that the flames have looked obviously very good i'd I love daryl sutter as a coach too but I think we're seeing a little bit too much respect for them right now after beating Colorado and Edmonton. And uh, I do think that there's some some good value on Vegas here tonight. Yeah, if I had to play a side, it, it would be Vegas. I don't show a significant edge at, uh, you know, I think the best number is probably, what, 135, something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a fairly priced game. Both these teams have been outstanding, 61% for both of them in expected goals. Uh, expected goal share over the course of 60 uh, minutes, five on five. So, you know, not much in between the two. So again, uh, you know, if both teams are equal, you probably want the plus money. Uh, that being said, I think it's pretty fairly priced here and I'm, I'm not going to have a bet on this. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm leaning towards Vegas. I'm a big fan of Bruce Cassidy. Seems like what he's done yeah. so far works has been working well. Vegas looks a lot more fluid in the offensive zone. Um, 
Yeah. Um, if there's no more thoughts, we can move on to the last game we have on our slate, the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Philadelphia Flyers. Todd, I know you wanted to talk specifically about this game, so why don't you give us your thoughts about it? Uh, I think the Flyers are pretty garbage, even though they're 2-0. and um, And they're getting, like, I just want to jump on them before they regress. Um, they're bottom five right now in high danger chances against per 60. Uh, their expected goal shares like 40%. Um, they played Vancouver and New Jersey, so, like, those teams have talent, but they're on the playoff bubble, if that. So it's not like they face great teams and they're still getting caved in. Um, Tampa Bay is one and two, a bit of a disappointing start, but they lost to the Rangers, who look fantastic. They lost to Pittsburgh while they used um, Brian Elliott. So I don't think like that's a big knock against them either. Uh, the Lightning's offensive chance generation numbers are really good. They obviously have high-end firepower. Uh, I think they're going to slap the flyers around a bit tonight and i'm jumping on the lightning on the puck line and uh to win the first period at plus money i love that bet the the puck lines at minus one and a half best price according to bet stamp is minus 110 at DraftKings, so you can go uh scoop that up and uh first period looks like minus 202 uh for the tampa bay lightning as well you guys have any other thoughts about this before we get into our best bets uh i i show an edge on the flyers i mean it's not especially at plus 260 i should i should sort of you know, point that out. You've got mm-hmm. obviously Pinnacle up there, plus two fifty nine right now. Uh, to me, from a numbers standpoint, like I would, that would be a bet for me. I sort of, un- I completely understand what Todd's saying, right? Like the Flyers is as fraudulent of a two and zero as like there possibly could be. That being said, like I'm looking at Tampa Bay's stuff, and yeah, I mean you mentioned obviously that you know Brian Elliott already starting a game, which you know I probably would have lost a bet on an over under on when he was going to get in the in the lineup this season. Um, you know, Tampa Bay is not exactly like lighting the lighting things on fire. And when I'm looking at some of these, you know, big underdogs, and this is more sort of a general thing than it is for tonight specific. You know, like the Leafs last night, it's like, okay, well, what about the Leafs? Would I ever trust them at minus 500, minus you know, 480 something along those lines? Or what have they shown? Again, ever, but certainly in recent times, that like you would want to lay that price. Now, Tampa Bay obviously has a far greater resume. Obviously, all of that stuff comes in the playoffs, and I don't know how much they necessarily even care about October games. But if I'm looking at their numbers, it's like, okay, yeah, they're sub 50% in the expected goal, you know, uh, over 60 minutes at even strength. Like, they are, they seem somewhat vulnerable, I guess is the point, right? Whereas some of these other teams, you know, we just talked about Calgary and Vegas. Like, those teams are teams that deserve to be heavy favorites when they're playing bad teams. I'm just not quite sure right now that Tampa Bay is sort of deserving of getting, uh, you know, getting the price that they're getting. Certainly expect them to win tonight. Obviously don't expect any plus 260 to actually win. That being said, like from a number standpoint, that would be a value play for me tonight. Yeah. And and like you said earlier, it's almost like the, the books are like daring you to take that price. They're, they're, they're hanging these 100%. numbers because they want people to take them. So, um, yeah, I think that wraps up for, for tonight. Um, let's get to our best bet segment. So, uh, Alex, you want to lead us off here? Yeah, I've um, been frantically looking for uh, some Roman Yossi power play point numbers uh, in terms of player props, but I cannot find one right now still. Um, so if we're looking at, you know, if we're looking at player props here, if that's what we're, we're starting with, um, yeah. then I'm going to I'm gonna transition from Roman Yossi over to Jack Hughes. Um, and the Ducks have a pretty future penalty kill to start the year wasn't very good last year either jack hughes obviously power play one and uh obviously you know 
he's had an incredible start to the year um, in terms of high danger chances when he's on the ice, high danger chances for versus against. Uh, the ratio has been off the charts. I think that kind of due for a bit of a breakout game at one point here at home against the Ducks. I like this spot. So I think I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, I mean, you can play the power play points. That's, that's not bad. It's not a bad look there at plus 225. But I'm looking for Jack Hughes to score a goal. I think there were some plus 180s, plus 175s around. Um, yeah, uh, plus 170. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that'll probably be the, the one I go with here. Awesome. Locking it in. Uh, Matt, you got a, got a best bet for tonight. Prop uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about the team earlier, right? The Canucks at this point, you know, you're, you're and three, you're going in to face Columbus, right? This is usually sort of a spot where you might be a little bit sleepy and, and not necessarily care. This team needs two points desperately, right? Like they're going to be locked in and focused on a Columbus team. Like, you know, we talked about teams that might be overrated, underrated. I don't know how highly anybody necessarily had Columbus rated. This team might be really, really, really bad. And if you're getting a focused Canucks team that, again, the metrics don't look that awful. They're probably going with the backup goaltender tonight, which might be providing a little bit of value here with the Canucks at around even money. That being said, like, the Canucks are be so locked, should be so locked in on playing their best game of the season for 60 minutes. Columbus might not crack 20 shots in this game. So to me, this is a spot where like you have to sort of, you know, ignore the fact that, yeah, the Canucks, okay, they're on the second half of a back-to-back. Travel from Washington to Columbus, not overwhelming, right? Not a rowdy necessarily environment here uh, in Columbus. They're far more interested in the Ohio State football season at this point in time. Uh, so, you know, again, I think the Canucks are, are way better than they are sort of shown. Obviously having leads against the Oilers and the Capitals and obviously, of course, against the Flyers, not all that impressive necessarily. But having leads in those games show me that like, okay, this is a team that's going to come out. They're going to be focused. You're going to get their full effort here. And maybe just despite Todd, JT Miller scores a goal uh, <laughs> All right, I love that. Uh, Todd, anything for us? Uh, I'm big on Jack Hughes tonight as well. Um, the Ducks are second last in expected goals against per 60 so far. Only Arizona's worse. They're giving up tons of chances. They're in a road back-to-back. Um, Jack Hughes, through two games, has 18 shot attempts, 11 chances, nothing to show for it, no goals, no assists. He's averaging more than 23 minutes a night. Lindy Ruff's on the hot seat, so he's going to be riding him. Um, I think Jack Hughes uh, finds the back of the net tonight, and I really like that play. All right, we're consensus. Going... Let's go. All right, we're gonna double it down. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, do we have any other uh, best bets uh, for any any just outright wins or? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't or... know if I'd call it a best bet, but I think the Sharks have a chance to knock off the Islanders tonight, and we're you know again you can find that. You guys think you have a what plus 175? Plus 175, yeah. It was 195 this morning, and that was the price for me when I yeah. when I hopped in on the sharks. So maybe we've uh we've exhausted the value there, at least that shows that we know what we're looking at when it comes to a valuable bet. Uh so yeah, sharks plus one ninety-five was a play, and unfortunately at plus one seventy-five, probably uh not all that valuable. So we'll see what happens with the sharks who uh speaking of teams that could use a victory. Yeah, uh, maybe just keep an eye on that then. And if you guys see it creep back up to closer to plus 190, maybe then that's that's a better play. But sure. um, yeah, any other bets? or? Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going. Oh, yeah, you want to go, Todd? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going back to the well with the Devils. I'm playing them in regulation at minus 119. 
Um, they have a 72 expected goals for share through two games. Basically, their problem is they're shooting 4%, which is not going to last. And their goaltending has a 780 save percentage, which is also not going to last. I'm pretty sure you could put me in that and get those kind of numbers. <laughs> um, so the Ducks have been getting caved in. Uh, the Devils have been caving teams in. They just haven't gotten rewarded yet. Um, I like them to get uh, the first one of the season tonight in regulation. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. I, I think fair price. I have around minus 180 for the Devils. And so that one sort of, a, you know, like we talked about before, kind of becomes, you know, what's your style? Are you willing to lay the minus 180 if you think it's a fair price? Or are you willing to sort of tweak it and go with regulation? Todd going with regulation. I think that's a pretty good bet there, too. Yeah, and you know it's a good bet when it instantly moves from 119 to 121 when I try and place it. <laughs> so, um, Alex, you had one more? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, for my best bet, I'm going with Vegas tonight. Uh, it looks like it has been steamed a little bit since we've started the show. So I think what best price available now, I mean, I'd, I'd, play, it a, I'd play it a plus 132 opinion, no problem. Um, that's, that's, that's the look I'm going with here. The uh, Flames, like I said, you know, they've gotten a lot of respect in the market right now. I think a little bit too much respect. I think Vegas is right up there in the conversation for the best team in the Pacific Division. And they've started the season really well. The underlying metrics support that. The Flames have started the season really well. The underlying metrics don't support that as much. Um, they've actually lost the expected goal share of 5-on-5 in both games so far. And I just think that we're getting a little bit you know, too far on the flames love here and a little bit too far away from Vegas. And I, I don't know how narrative you want to get here, but uh, I think this is a statement game for Vegas too. This is like, you know, we had a terrible season last year um, by, you know, compared to expectations and we finally have everyone together. You know, the band is back together here and everyone can see, uh, everyone can see what we, you know, what we have to show for it. And um, I think that this is a good spot to back them at like plus 130, plus 135. I think we're getting really good value with the Knights here. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of those Golden Knights. So, uh, plus one thirty five at Sports Interaction, according to Betstamp, uh, best price on the board. So, um, I think that is it. If you guys have any more best bets, or oh, I'm good. no, I that's think, it for I'm me. Good. All right, sounds good. Well, I think that's it for Edge Rush. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Tune in tomorrow, uh, same time. Uh, we got Alex Smith on with Dennis Bernstein and uh, Zach Bodenstein. It's a great show. Um, if you guys enjoy this show, you're gonna love that one. Um, and for Alex Moretto, Todd Gordell, Matt Russell, I'm Jason Cooper. This was Edge Rush on the Hammer Betting Network. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.